Hey guys, welcome to the We Ain't Got No podcast. Been a little bit of break here and time off and I'm your new podcast host going forward, Jay Wilmington. I'll get a little bit more into my background and connection to Chelsea as we in the coming weeks and talk about the pod a little bit more going forward, but with a match today against Leeds United, really wanted to get in and have a chance to talk a little bit of actual Chelsea football before the season comes to an end and we had a big match today. So thought what better than to bring on a guy that knows so much about Chelsea and a guy that I'll let him introduce himself and his uh, connection to Chelsea and that's Mr. Julian Bravo. Well thank you very much for having me and thank you for the kind introduction. So just a little bit of background about myself. I have been a Chelsea supporter for about 28 years now. It's very much within the family as my grandpa took me to my first ever Chelsea game when I was just four years old. Some people might know me. I was a member of the Rocky Mountain Blues supporters group for quite a few years now. I'll say about 11 years at this point. And I used to run the Rocky Mountain Blues Twitter account. So I've had an opportunity to meet a lot of people outside of uh, just Denver. But wanted to give a quick shout out to the Rocky Mountain Blues supporters group, which is actually where I met you. Absolutely. And Julian, I think, is somebody you'll hear on this podcast frequently, if I can bend his arm enough. But uh, yeah, like you said, somebody that you and I have not only known each other a long time, but really forged our relationship through the club and their fandom for the club. So um, yeah, it's uh, it, you know something that you and I have talked about, almost, you know, maybe not daily, but close to for going on. Oh, I don't, I don't want to count the years. It's going to make me start to feel old. But um, anyway, uh, so we bring you on Julian here today. There's so many things we can talk Chelsea about, but today's the Chelsea Leeds match. We go to Ellen road and, you know, I got to be honest, pre-match, I'm feeling um, not as confident as I feel like we should go into a team that's, you know, in a, in the bottom three, just given the history of Chelsea Leeds. I'll be honest. I hadn't watched a lot of Leeds since Elsa left and Jesse Marsh has come in but you know knowing how important this match was to Leeds and how Chelsea looked you know our recent form against Everton and then the disappointing way um, that we kind of let Wolves come back um, I don't know I, I what did you what how did you feel going into this match did you have a, a good feeling good vibes or was this one that was uh, on your radar for one to watch out for I can't imagine that too many Chelsea supporters went into this match feeling overly confident, especially after the lineup had been released. Now, Christensen's a great player, but he has had some struggles recently. And there's even been articles coming out recently that mentioned how uh, Tuchel brought Chaloba into his office to kind of discuss some errors that he had made in the past. So just kind of looking at this lineup, especially defensively, it seemed like there were a lot of question marks as to how we might perform today. So I wasn't feeling the most confident. I, again, I don't imagine too many were pretty confident even after the lineup. Yeah, I think I, I you know, it, it was an interesting lineup too, because I think, you know, Lukaku up until recently was when you saw his name in there, somebody's kind of like, oh, gosh, you know, we're going to go with the Lukaku experiment and hope that today's the day. But really felt a little different today. I thought, you know, how how strong he looked and he's such a player of, of confidence and at times no confidence. Uh, and, and, you know, to not... I don't know. I just don't know how much starting 11 was impacted by, you know, thinking ahead to the... the the final against Liverpool on Saturday, but I was really, I was really glad to see Chaloba back in there with another chance. And, you know, yeah, he's had some individual mistakes, but you know, outside mostly Tony Rudiger and even he hasn't been perfect. Um, you know, even Tiago Silva's had a few. So I, I, 
was interested. I'm always fascinated by the midfield because I think, you know, it, we know it's only going to be one of a few options, but, um, you know, it really seemed to, to favor, uh, you know, Jorginho Kovacic. And I wondered, you know, if Leeds was able to really maintain any kind of possession in the midfield that we could be bypassed a little there. But, you know, frankly, they, they just were pretty useless. Uh, so there was really nothing, nothing for our midfield to do. Um, but I, you know, didn't take long to get started. It was, you know, first was a third minute, fourth minute that, uh, we get great link up play Lukaku to Mount to James back to Mount. And man, when was the last time you saw a finish that good for Mason Mount? I mean, he is one of our better finishers, contrary to what uh, some people might have to say about Mason Mount. So, uh, wonderful finish from him. And as you mentioned, all the link up play that set up that goal, I think it's definitely took uh, leads by surprise. You could tell that there was a lot of uh, deflated players out there when we scored so early in the match. Yeah, and I found it interesting that, you know, really it could have been 2-0 almost immediately thereafter. Uh, Mount was able to get in. You know, he was a menace all day. It was just one of those days where he was just a nightmare all over the pitch. I didn't get to see, you know, his heat map or whatever they call it to see, you know, where he spent most of his time on the pitch. But he on that down that right flank and in the center was just such so difficult. And he had a hard cross across the box that, you know, I don't look cocky, might have been offside, but almost gets to and then just kind of that first 20 minutes, I think, when Leeds is really trying to get their fans into the game and hope that they get that, you know, big that big energy adrenaline push from the relegation battle and being at home. It just seemed like Chelsea took control of the first 20 minutes and didn't really allow Leeds into the game. Well, it was very important to get that early goal because, as we kind of mentioned, this felt like a trap game going into it. They were so deflated just from the start that had we not got that early goal, I could totally have envisioned this being one of those very rough, very tricky games. And I feel like a lot of people will point to Anthony Taylor being our referee, and that's another kind of uh, concerning thing going into a match like this. But, uh, I mean, we're probably going to get into it a little bit more. He was wonderful. I think he made some absolutely uh, great decisions throughout the match. Yeah, I had him on my man of the match list just ahead of Mason Mount. No, I'm just kidding. But I, yeah, I, I think Anthony Taylor. I, you know, I don't think any referee, any fan, ever really ha- feels good about seeing out there. They always remember a call that really, or a call or three or ten that's gone against them. But uh, I, I definitely noticed multiple times today, thinking, "Man, all right, he got that one right. He really, he got it." So, um, you know, I think we benefited. Particularly got one really right, which was such an unusual play when I saw it live there, that red card for Dan James in the 24th minute. Uh, you know, the ball played across quickly and Kovacic gets it. It looked kind, you know, it looked like he came in hard, but when I saw red come out, I was just like, I was totally shocked at, you know, I thought, man, I, I obviously didn't see the full extent of the challenge. And then, you know, on second and third review, um, you know, you could you could certainly see why it was red right away, and I even I think red was coming no matter what. But Dan James turned to Anthony Taylor and said something right in his face, and that red card came out instantly. And uh, yeah, I think that was you know not quite match over, but yeah, if, if Chelsea didn't already have all the momentum, it was it was well in hand after that. Well, Anthony Taylor had a really good view of the incident, and so that it, he did take a couple of seconds. I noted that, that it wasn't an immediate red card. He thought on it, and he did show the card. Something you had mentioned to me during the game was you felt that it was kind of coming, that uh, Dan James had been a little uh, resentful, if that's the word I want to use, uh, after he didn't get a call earlier in that match. 
And I do want to say, as the second I saw that uh, no call, I had I was impressed by Anthony Taylor because you could tell Dan James was going down before he had any contact from Rudiger. So this seemed like a kind of vengeful tackle in a sense, and it was a reckless tackle. It was one of those tackles where if I was a supporter and I saw that tackle, I would be like, my player is an idiot. He should not make that sort of challenge. It's reckless, it's dangerous, and it's going to cost the team a game. Yeah, you're absolutely right. And that, you know, that challenge you're, you're referring to, you know, was a was a ball just, it must have been, oh, I don't know, two, three minutes before the red card where Dan James tries to poke a ball through and, and kind of, you know, get hit on the hip from Rudiger and go down looking for a, for a card. And, and like you said, Anthony Taylor saw the play, how it happened and didn't give him the foul. And it just seemed like, you know, every once in a while you're watching a basketball game and a guy doesn't get a foul call and you just know he's going to come with a hard foul on the next end of the court because, you know, he just frankly just pissed and and that we saw that for from Daniel James and you know he's occasionally been the kind of player he's a young player but a player who really is an emotional player and I can't say I was you know uh, totally shocked um obviously big concern being Kovacic you know he stayed on I think what nine minutes and uh, but really just kind of stood around until he eventually got subbed off you hope that's you know precautionary more than anything but um it seems like Thomas Tuchel has a lot of faith in Ruben Loftus-Cheek, and I, I couldn't tell whether he was you know, being left out of the starting 11 by choice today or sort of just being saved for the preferred lineup on Saturday. Um, but anyway, Kovacic, that was the end of his day after, after that foul from James. Um, and, and, and like you said, Julian, from there, things really just kind of died from Ellen Road, and Lukaku was uh, scored a goal ruled offside correctly not you know not what do you think he was a yard offside or so had a couple other good chances but uh, just nice to see him looking so much more confident isn't it it is and one thing I did want to jump in on in reference to the Kovacic thing is I do have to give the elite supporters a lot of backlash for their reaction towards Kovacic they were just absolutely disgusting and distasteful when he was walking towards the bench and it was a really frustrating sight to see they even booed when a supporter in the crowd went down and there was a short stoppage in play it was extremely classless from the elite supporters and I think I speak for a lot of Chelsea supporters when I say I don't think too many of us would be disappointed to see them go back down, especially if their supporters are going to act like this. But uh, back to the Lukaku thing, yes, I completely agree. He had one of his better matches for us even before his goal. Had he not scored that goal, I still would have felt that he performed exceptionally well. He looked very strong. He was playing some wonderful passes. And most importantly, he seemed to have some really good chemistry with the players around him. Those are the types of games you're hoping for and expecting from a player of that class. And I feel like if he got more of these games under his belt, we could definitely see a nice streak of games where he is scoring quite a few goals as well. Yeah, I just, again, we've been talking about the confidence difference from Lukaku and just how how evident it is from him. Um, and the positive side of that coin is that when he's looking confident, you know, you can just see it. He's a bully on, on the ball. You can play him in a space. He can hold off tackles and, and he's obviously can be a a really clinical finisher. So, uh, you know, wasn't able to get that goal in the first half, but then 
even though the game was pretty in hand, I, you know, Jack Harrison goes down and has to come on off, you know, junior Furpo comes on uh, for leads and, you know, young player with a lot of talent, but somebody that's a tough spot to get thrown into down a man down, a you know, down a goal and uh, having to cover the cover what the role of Jack Harrison, one of their most important players. And then, you know, we've seen this a few times this season where, uh, uh, there was an issue in the crowd, presumably a medical issue that was quickly identified by the players on the pitch, and and we got a several minute stop there. So between the injury to Harrison and the and the stop for the uh, presumed medical incident, um, had a kind of a long break and a weird six minutes added on at the end of the first half. But frankly, not much happened other than you know Polisic missed after a pretty good cross from James. Uh, I think he was offside anyway, and. Uh, then he'll have a pretty nice moment when Pulisic just kind of stripped Calvin Phillips of the ball, and then Phillips took that, uh, not quite to the Dan James level, but that retaliatory sliding tackle took a yellow um, before half. But really, I don't know. Do you have anything other else from the first half that stood out to you? Well, it is interesting you did mention that tackle because I kept thinking the entire time that uh, Leeds were playing uh, quite dirty, very much living up to the reputation that they have of uh, being dirty Leeds. I thought we had kind of shedded that image when Bielsa took them up, but no, they didn't really seem overly interested in playing nice football today. They were at times a little bit more interested in uh, making their presence felt on the physical side of things. But uh, the biggest takeaway I had from that first half was we looked kind of like how we looked last year. Uh, Never looked like we were going to concede many goals, even with uh, maybe less than uh, sturdy defense that we've had in the past. And it just seemed like we were in control from the start. Great possession. They were never really getting close to us, playing the ball around at will. And we may not have had the most chances we've had this season, but for the most part, it never looked in doubt, especially in that first half. Yeah, I, you know, I think that's something that it, it was nice to see the consistency again. The red card changes everything and really, you know, takes away the the ability to do what you want to do. I mean, they're going to have to chase us around so much. But even in that opening 10, 10, 20 minutes when you knew there'd be so much energy from the crowd and the players, I thought Chelsea did well to control the ball. And then that's kind of how the second half started as well. Chelsea just kind of controlling the opening 10 minutes of play. And then Pulisic scores, and I don't know what was better—the shot or the flicked back heel flicked assist from Mount. But uh, that you know, if the match wasn't over, then it was certainly at that point after 55 minutes going up two nil. But uh, what do you think of that little play by Mason Mount? I mean, Mason Mount has been again one of our most important and crucial players throughout the season, and it's not really surprising. He has so much class and he has so much ability that oftentimes it can be overlooked. And when he does something of that magnitude, of that class, then you do have to just kind of take uh, respect for that. And also, credits to Pulisic for his finish. Um, Pulisic, I feel like, has always been a little bit underrated in his finishing. That's one of the better sides of his game. There are some other things you might have some criticism for when it comes to Pulisic, but uh, in terms of his finishing, that was just well done. Um, All of our finishes today were quite clinical, quite well done. Yeah, you know, I, I don't think you and I probably watched the... I mean, we, we both watched the U.S. men's national team, probably not uh, as our primary team as much as so most of the folks over here, but I but I do, you know, when you think talk about that scoring role, like, that's a huge part of what he provides for the national team, and, you know, he doesn't always have to do that for Chelsea, but I agree with you that his finishing is... is he's a very composed finisher, 
and uh, you know he he gets credit sometimes for for working hard and being skilled on the ball and taking on one on ones. But I think that finishing part's a little um, little undervalued. Um, and you know, and they uh, I was watching it on Sky Sports main event, and they were initially said you know it was deflected, and it kind of made sense because the way you know Melier just kind of stood rooted to the spot. I thought maybe it it, it just kind of had him lean in the wrong way, but you know, no, it was just a, just, just buried it. And, and again, um, going back to Mount, just hard to, hard to know, which was nicer, his finish on his, the first goal or the, the assist for the second. Well, one kind of interesting set I do want to bring up is, um, neither Pulisic nor Lukaku really had that many touches. I mean, for a game in which they're down to 10 men, Lukaku was uh, down in the mid forties and uh, Pulisic didn't even break 40. It was Mason Mount that really linked all of that up. We had 84 touches, it looks like, from what I'm seeing here. So it just goes to show how crucial he is in setting up the rest of those players. And, you know, touches are only as good as the opportunities they give you. So you can have, uh, for example, 120 touches, like, uh, uh, I don't know, Reese James, uh, Trevor Chaloba did. But if you're not really getting them in good positions or setting them up for anything, then they're kind of meaningless. And the touches that Pulisic and Lukaku had were good touches. They were important touches and they helped contribute to goals in both cases. Well, you you know, we've, we've missed Ben Chilwell a lot this season, but, and he's obviously not quite, he's a different animal than Reese James, but Reese James is just so valuable to our team. And, you know, it's, it's beyond obvious. And when he's out, you know, uh, we, we, you know, we struggle, but, and when we, I think even when we have to slide him into that right center back position to control speedier defenders, I think it, you know, we, we definitely lose a lot going forward. And on days like today where we can let Reese James play out wide and be attacking, but then the way Mason Mount particularly uses space and links up with him, just moving all over that right side, uh, you know, the two of them have been playing together for so many years and you just see the chemistry and, uh, you know, I, that's a really positive thing, but it's also one of the things that scares me a little because match after match after match, the the Mount reese james partnership and how much we rely on the two of those to get things done um it's a little scary to me but hey i at at the i'll if i'm gonna have it from two guys i'll take two guys that have been around the club since they were young young men and um love the club and we should have around for a long time yeah i completely agree with that assessment and the two constants that i see in this team all the time are mason mount and reese james when we went into this match, I said some of these players might not have the motivation for it. I mean, a lot of these players have one foot out the door. A lot of these players don't have their uh, futures sorted out with the club. But uh, Mason Mountain and Reese James are going to be here for a very long time. They care about playing in the Champions League next season. This game was going to matter to them. And it, as a result, it's not surprising that they were as good as they were today. No, I agree with you. And I was frankly, yeah, that's something that's been in my mind just a little bit, you know, as we've gone from, you know, I ex- these guys are all professionals, of course, but just the human nature side of things when you've moved on or you know you're a month from moving to a new country, uh, you know, and the team that you're playing for and, and what ultimately their Champions League aspirations are next season won't really personally affect you. Um, you know, you don't know kind of what you'll get sometimes, but um, I've I've been impressed. Again, again, we're talking about guys that, you know, like Rudiger and Aspilicueta. Like, like I don't think Dave's going to suddenly, you know, stop showing uh, passion for the club, even if he's not staying. 
but we did see him come off late in the match in the 78th for for uh, or excuse me come on for Reese James and and ZH came on with Pulisic. Uh, I had a little bit of PTSD seeing Joe Gelhart can't come on for Rafinha as well just because he scored that what would have been the uh, the uh, t- you know it well it was the tying match in the prior meeting in December between Leeds and Chelsea and then Chelsea fortunate to get that. Uh, I think nine fourth extra minute uh, penalty for Jorginho to win three two. But um, uh, again, Rafinha is probably getting saved for later. But really, just along with the rest of his team, did almost nothing today. And really, that the only thing left to mention for the rest of the match was the I wrote down the Lolkaku because it was you know uh, it was in the end a wonderfully taken goal, but it just such a a goal that earlier in the season you know you could have seen him messing it up three, four different ways because, uh, you know, look, a good cross from Ziyech, and then, you know, he does well to hold off the first defender, but then it's defender second, third, fourth, and finally fires into the top of the net. Um, but it, it was well-deserved, and as you said, it was uh, he had a great match, and it was great to see him actually get the goal that he had deserved. Yeah, I completely agree, and I've already kind of highlighted some of the things that he did really well in this match, but we were playing a little bit more to his strengths in general, and I definitely think Tuchel has done his best to try to incorporate Lukaku in a manner in which we can exploit his many amazing skills, and this was just a great example of it. We saw balls played uh, right to his feet. We saw a lot of them where he had an uh, opportunity to score a goal from a header, and uh, just in general, he was even dropping back further to pick up the ball and bring some uh, other players into the play. Passing was great. Pretty much everything was great. I mean, he might have missed a couple of chances here or there, but he hasn't been playing a lot. He hasn't had too many starts in recent history, so it's nice to see him play this well. And I do think it definitely gives Tuchel a headache for what's going to be a very important match coming up. Yeah, yeah, I agree with I agree with you. And uh, you know, I guess just my final final thoughts, kind of just overall on the match. You know, it was great to see us just have a response to to a little bit of the poor form. I thought t- today was more what we'd see in the Everton match, what it looked like we were going to get for the first part of the Wolves match. You know, a team that had had kind of let their foot off the gas just a little bit, but but now was showing. You know, they'd come out really, really with their teeth bared for the performance. Thought we finally got that today, and then you know, Leeds was up up. It was an uphill battle, obviously, no matter what. But playing essentially you know, 75 minutes with 10 men against a team like Chelsea who can control the ball so well. Um, it, it has to be the most demoralizing way to play a game when you're fighting for your lives and knowing that, you know, the chances of, of getting anything out of that match on on top of what how much it's going to take out of your legs and out of your players for the, for the final few matches that you desperately need points from. Um, you know, like you said, I don't think there'll be too many of us Chelsea fans said if, if indeed leads go down, but um, man, it looked for so long um, during this season, they wouldn't, really be a serious part of that conversation and now they it are are in a really really scary place for them so uh what about you any final kind of just general match thoughts i I think this was one of our better performances and you have to wonder what would have happened if we didn't get that early goal but from the start it just didn't seem like they were as interested in competing with us i want to give chelsea credit we were clinical and that's the best thing i can say about our performance today 
clinical and dominant in possession. But Leeds also didn't look up for it. And you can only you know play up to or down to the standard of competition. And we weren't playing down to our competition. And that's been a big issue with this club for many years is playing down to our competition. And the fact that we kept motivated, played our one of our better games and just never looked in doubt. It's one of the more positive performances we've had this season. Absolutely. And I think Leeds, you know, again, is just one of those teams that's got, they can look so impressive. And I think back to that match in December and what a tense match that was. And, you know, they're a team that would man have make you have a heart attack rooting for because they're so inconsistent. But when they play well and they get you on a day when they're, you know, things are going right. They're, they're a scary, scary deal. And I, yeah, I just, I, like you said, it just didn't have, you know, the red card of course makes it tough, but even prior to that, it, this match just never felt like it had a lot of threat. Like they had any real belief or any even real energy for the match. Um, you know, so you know, it's it's it is amazing to see the difference in leads now as opposed to when we saw them in December. And um, again, uh, if they if they get relegated along with Norwich and looks like probably Watford, so be it. Uh, man of the match, I I'm I've got Mason Mount. I I think Reese James is right there in that conversation. What about what what do you think? Well, uh, we have to highlight, I guess, some other players that performed well. And uh, I mentioned Lukaku had one of his better games for us in general. So uh, credit to Lukaku. Of course, Reese James was definitely up there. He had a wonderful game, too. And, I mean, maybe some underappreciated players. Uh, Christensen had a what, 98. I can't recall him missing a pass. Uh, he was pretty sturdy back there in defense, too. But Obviously, the answer has to be Mason Mount. He played an important role in all three of those goals. Obviously, the wonderful assist, the wonderful finish. And even in the third goal, he's the one that uh, pressured Leeds into conceding possession. And as a result, he played a huge role in all three of those goals. And his importance to this club just can't be understated. Well, you noted it a minute ago that now with a couple of the performances we had today and then potentially, uh, again, we'll see, we'll see how severe the injury is to Kovacic. You know, there are probably some potential lineup headaches for Tuchel to make for that final, um, you know, at Wembley against Liverpool on Saturday. And, you know, do you what do you think we'll see? I mean, that's going to be a question a lot of people will be asking. But, you know, I would have it would have been laughable up until a couple of matches ago to think that Lukaku would be, you know, strongly considered to be leading the line in that match. But is he now favored for that? That is tricky because he has put in a couple of really nice performances and you imagine Mason Mount is undroppable and Timo Werner is a great matchup for Liverpool. He is one of those players that uh, seems to have his better games in general against Liverpool. With that being said, I mean, Kai Havertz has been a big game player, obviously scoring one of the most important goals in club history. So it's it gets really, really tricky and I, I can't try to envision what Tuchel is going to go with, but it's entirely possible given we're lacking in the midfield that we might see all four of them in the lineup. And that just doesn't seem ideal for Liverpool. Frankly, I always feel like we're a pretty bad match for this uh, Liverpool club, this Liverpool side. They have so many wonderful attacking players and with a huge amount of shortness in the midfield, I mean, we really don't have too many defensive midfield options to begin with. No Kovacic, that doesn't make things any easier. It could potentially be one of those matches where we have to win off the counter, and in that case, uh, Lukaku and Werner are going to be your ideal players for something like that. 
But if we can have a little bit more of the ball, then you can obviously see how important Kai Havertz would be in something like that. Well, I think Chelsea's been a team that, you know, it would be really hard to argue in any way that we can compete with the consistency the last several years of Manchester City and Liverpool. But on a match-to-match basis, you know, we we perform so well. And these there's a reason that we're in so many cup finals. And, you know, our matches against Liverpool this, this year have been so tense and so f- tightly contested. And I think that speaks to your point that, even though we're well out of the title race against them, uh, you know, every time we face up on the field, we look every bit the part um, that they do. And so, again, it, looking at where Liverpool's been in their form lately, too, they're they are phenomenal. They're in a title fight. You you know, again, I it, it sounds good to make headlines to say, can they? Well, will they be distracted? You know, for the Premier League title fight and what. But sure, I hope so. But I, I don't think that's how this works. I think for the most times, these guys are all fighting for their positions week in, week out, and they all want to make the starting 11, and they're all there to earn their spot and their salary, and they're not really mentally checked out of a lot of these games unless you're, you know, some mid-table team who really is just a couple matches from, you know, kind of riding out the summer. So, um you know, I, I I don't know, Julian. I don't want to make any predictions. Maybe we'll connect and chat a little before the the, the actual match. I think we'll get to watch get together. Actually, uh, should be fun. Haven't seen a match together in a while. But uh, any final thoughts from you today on the match, or or anything else looking into Saturday? Um, not not that I'm not that I can think of. I really hope that uh, Kovacic is okay. It would be a very important piece for us in that upcoming match. But. Uh, Credit to Chelsea, credit to Tuchel, all around to just excellent performance. Well, thanks again, Julian. Appreciate you joining me here again on the We Ain't Got No podcast. It's your host, Jay Wilmington. We'll be back with other podcasts coming soon. We'll be talking a little bit more general team news. We'll be talking about some, you know, postseason stuff. And obviously the focus here now, it looks like Chelsea's probably pretty safe in this Champions League uh, Champions League fight. But uh, we're also going to have a lot more coverage coming about the, the, the Youths Academy, the sale of the club, and the women's team as well. So hopefully you'll uh, subscribe to the feed and uh, be prepared to hear some good Chelsea content coming over the next few months. Uh, thanks again to our guest, Julian, and uh, I'll talk to you all later. Thanks.